Welcome to In The Loop. Welcome back everybody to another episode of In The Loop. We all know how important the in-store experience is to your brand, but how does that translate online? Your website is considered home base when it comes to digital, and the experience that customers have online is just as important as the experience they have in-store. Join Elise Poena, Director of Client Success at the Smithy Group, and Sarah Weeks, Associate Creative Director at Punchmark, as we talk about how you mirror your in-store experience to your online customers. This episode is brought to you by Punchmark, the jewelry industry's leading website provider. Join the community of nearly 500 other jewelry stores in choosing Punchmark's easy-to-run and e-commerce-enabled website platform by visiting punchmark.com for your free trial demo. This episode is brought to you by The Smithy Group, a digital growth agency that helps leaders and businesses dream bigger and achieve multi-generational integrity. Through insights and intelligence, digital marketing, and advertising solutions, they help businesses expand their business and grow their revenue. The Smithy Group has helped hundreds of businesses surpass their goals and believe that whatever your business, whatever your story, it will make it matter to your audience. So... (laughs) <laughs> Elise, um, can you start off by describing your job to me? Yeah, of course. So I lead our accounts team in the intersection of client relationships and implementing brand and paid marketing strategies. So I help translate the needs and goals of our clients to Team TSG, and then I work with my colleagues in developing comprehensive marketing strategies to help make those goals a reality. Nice. Super cool. It sounds like everything that... Uh, you know, the Smithy Group, TSG does, it seems like uh, always comes out really high quality. So I love working with you guys. Um, that. Sarah, can you explain your job to me? We work together every day, but for the people <laughs> that don't know. Sure. Um, I lead the design team and designing and building our, our client websites. I oversee the projects from wireframing, um, mocking them up and then coding them, making sure the overall aesthetic stays the same. Um, the details are cohesive and exactly what the client wants. Yeah. So like we mentioned just before the show, but for maybe to get on to the recording, we talked about your online presence and your in-store presence and how they can be different and how they can be, you know, unified in a, in, in a way and how they need to adapt for each channel. So how you need to present yourself on things like social media, as well as on your website, so maybe we can kind of just set up why that's important. Um, at least if you can just kind of touch on like that first introduction handshake kind of part of the transaction experience. Yeah, absolutely. So your website is really your first impression for a potential customer. It's your digital storefront. And while we at TSG have the privilege of getting to know our partners over a longer period of time, for first-time visitors to your site or first-time people really interacting with your brand, you really get one chance to uh, kick things off on the right foot. So this is the chance for your customers to get to know you before they ever set foot in your store. So you wanna make sure that someone who um, meets you for the first time can get a really clear sense of who you are, who your team is, what you have to offer, and really what sets you apart. So the tone of voice you use on your website and the photos you use to introduce your team that to really directly tie back to what a customer would experience when they're interacting with you face to face. Yeah, it's like 
how how that voice is just like everybody has their own voice you know as a as a human every business has their own voice and people like brands that are personable i mean why does everybody have you know wendy's is a great experience wendy's has the most unique twitter voice i've ever seen and it honestly kind of makes <laughs> me want to go to wendy's a little bit more because they're so uh sassy on twitter and but there's a ton of examples of that so it's cool that you guys kind of uh, keep that as a, as a main priority when you guys do your work. Absolutely. But Sarah, um, you also have a lot of, you know, have to think about this a lot and you do that usually with your kickoff calls with our clients when we go to build their websites. Can you just kind of talk about what's going through your mind when you have kickoff calls and, and, and what you prioritize? Yeah, sure. Um, so we have kickoff calls with our premium clients. Um, and we discuss their goals, what they want to see in the website, um, what other websites that they like um, in terms of aesthetic or layout, if it's modern. Um, and most of the clients are focused on getting sales through the website. And or if that doesn't happen, they at least want that customers to love the website, get interested and then go into the store and purchase there. Yeah. And, and again, it's like they're fighting against the rest, every, everybody else out there, whether it's, you know, they're fighting against, you know, the big box brands or they're fighting against the competition mm -hmm. on the road, they really have to make their differentiation. So what do you guys end up, what do you find that you focus the most on? Um, is it their branding or is it their, their photography? What do you think that is the most important? Um, I think, hmm, it's hard to decide. I feel like photos make up a huge, um, like if you land on a homepage and the photos are just like engaging and captivating. Um, if you think of the opposite, if they're terrible, I feel like I would leave yeah. the site immediately. Um, but I guess having a brand as well is um, obviously important, but yeah, they all contribute. Yeah. I mean, and having a brand. So number, that's probably one of those huge buzzwords. Everyone likes to say all the time, like branding, branding, branding. So like, <laughs> what do you think, defines branding or like how, how would you start summing that up? So branding is an emotional response to design. Um, it's formed through your brand pillars that make up who your overall brand is. For example, your brand personality, your voice positioning, and this allows your customers to know what to expect from you as well because of the consistency. Um, it's not just your logo, it's your purpose, values, promise, tone of voice, visual identity, which does include your logo and your colors, um, but then it extends onto advertisements, packaging design, in-store experience, and online experience. Yeah, I, um, I mean, and the Smithy Group is, of course, doing a ton of that kind of stuff and extending it to things like social. And so how can you, what are some things, like, at least that you would take for instance, like someone's branding, which, you know, could be as limited as just a logo and a typeface and then extrapolate it to like a, a social post. Like how would you go about like thinking about it in a, in a, in a high level way? Yeah, I think bringing branding to life is really about having your team and your store embody, you know, what you're visually trying to say really without any words. So if you have like a hand calligraphy um, drawn yeah. logo, then 
it's probably really important for you to feel like softer and more artistic on social to show the fact that this is really um, like an inviting and creative space. Or if your store really prides itself on being like really modern and really, you know, futuristic, really thinking of like what's to come, then you should make sure your imagery, like it's not cluttered, you know, you don't have lighting that makes things seem like dingy or outdated. But really, it's just about communicating um, like who you are and the you kind of being like the collective you of the entire store, not yeah. just with the store owner, but of the entire team. Isn't that cool how like it's a logo and like you just put it together with like script font and how script font can mean soft and, and how it can mean like more. A lot of times, like a lot of brands in design school, they taught us like feminine versus masculine types of branding. And, you know, I sometimes think that there's kind of like a lot of gray area in there, but like maybe if we can come up with like an example of some good branding, it's like we can talk about that just for a couple minutes. So like my favorite branding in the jewelry industry is, is Tiffany's, of course. I think they are very just, just a powerhouse and they have this color, but how would you even just go about describing like what Tiffany's brand is beyond just that color? Like it's, it's very hard to put into words, you know? You want me to take this one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's interesting because if you ask people, like, what do you know what the Tiffany & Co. logo looks like, um, they might not necessarily be able to picture it, but they know the feeling when someone says, like, yeah. Tiffany. They know their voice and how they talk on their website. Um, they definitely know the color because that's so iconic. And they know the, if they look at their website, they know it's always these beautifully curated photo shoots um, of celebrities and all of the photos go together. Um, so it's just, they know that feeling and they know the, um, what is it called? Like sophistication, like it's elevated. Yeah. And even though it's so expensive, they're like, I, I know it's expensive, but I need it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like why I would pick out like a really expensive chocolate bar just because yeah. the packaging is so elevated and beautiful. <laughs> I mean, like I, I buy stuff just off the packaging all the time, which is extremely, mm -hmm. and, and then that's how they can charge that higher price point. It sounds like, I think like, I mean like olive oil is one of those things. Like they have like normal <laughs> stuff and then they have high like smoke glass and all that stuff. But another one example is, is Nike. I mean like a Nike or, or even like, why would you buy Nike when you can buy, you know, kind of like a knockoff cheaper athletic wear that's probably $10 cheaper. And I like Nike because it's, it's very, I, I like the feeling it gives me when I put on a piece of Nike clothing or a pair of shoes, mm -hmm. you know, you know, it's nice, but do you have yeah. a, a favorite one, Elise? I do. Um, one that comes to mind is actually a store that's based here in New York city called ABC carpet and home. And it is this beautiful, like multi-floor store that actually has like three restaurants, a fine jewelry department, everything from like furniture and lighting to like really high-end skincare. Um, and I think what I love about them and, and something that I think the jewelry industry can really learn from is that while they carry so many amazing like artisanal brands and designers, their brand overall is what is the absolute most important thing. And it's what ties everything together. Um, ABC has created like a world in which all of these other kind of products and items live under. It's not that these things are competing for the brand identity of ABC Carpet and Home, but they kind of take on the identity of what the store is overall. Yeah. It's also really, really cool that like there's, 
for every, you know, modern, it's some brands are more like on the zeitgeist of what's popular in design, you know, like yeah. Nike is, everyone wants to have a brand kind of like Nike and everyone wants to have a brand kind of like Apple, but there's for all those cool brands, there's also kind of, I don't want to say boring, but like more mundane brands. Like how do you brand like bank of America? You know, it's very, you know, that it's like powerful and, and, and trustworthy and they make you feel that because that's what they want you to feel when you go and sign up for them. It's, it's all branding though. It's pretty neat. But shall we move on? And uh, I think we got a quick ad read. Don't go away. But this episode is brought to you by the Gem Lightbox. And I'd like to introduce everyone to an awesome piece of tech called the Gem Lightbox. It's made by jewelers for jewelers. And the Gem Lightbox allows anyone with a smartphone to capture studio quality images and 360 degree videos of your jewelry in just one click. The images and videos are e-commerce and social media ready. They plug right into your Punchmark website, so that's a bonus. Uh, until the end of the month, our listeners can check out with coupon code LOOP, that's L-O-U-P-E, to receive an exclusive offer of $20 off their purchase. If you can find more information and purchase the Gem Light Box on hiccupmedia.com slash loop, that's pickup, P-I-C-U-P, media.com slash loop. Don't miss out on this exclusive opportunity today. So, I mean, it goes along with your branding. You have good, uh, good photos, you know, product photos especially. You know, it's really going to lure people in and, and, and make you trust them a little bit more. So, um, Elise, so you offer one-off website audits. Can you like, at, at the Smithy Group, can you talk about sort of best practices, things you find that people stumble upon most often? Like, what do you find that you're constantly correcting for people so that they don't make that mistake too? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say one of the most common obstacles that we see in our clients um, and really having the best website they possibly could is something pretty simple. Um, they don't update it enough. So your website, yeah, it should be treated like an ever evolving project. Um, shout out to Todd on here. I know that his website has kind of been a project that we've been all working on together for, you know, three plus years now, and it's never going to be done. Um, it's something that as you're growing, as you're um, getting new product in, or you have a new team member come into your store and join your team, it's going to be time to update your website. So even things like participating in a local community event or making sure that um, your like team bios are up to date, like did someone have a new child, did they adopt a new dog, like whatever that is. Those are things that you really should be updating on your website, even beyond like products and making sure that your catalog is up to date. And Sarah, you deal with people coming from other website companies or having other websites and then updating them um, with your kickoff call. What do you find is one of those things that you start finding that you need to remind people, okay, maybe we should focus on this or maybe we should change that. What do you find that most commonly? Um, hmm. I guess just their homepage mostly, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. yeah, I think like you were saying, Sarah, like your homepage is really important. It should be simple enough that people can really see like who you are, but it should be inviting enough that they want to learn more about you because you don't want yeah. them to just only go to your homepage. You want them to feel like there's more to you to discover. So I definitely agree with that. I think it's like, it's, I always forget, like there's so many different jewelry brands out there, but I feel like there's one, um, Durham or something like that, but 
it's literally just they're branding a lifestyle photo of wearing the jewelry. And then it says, you know, shop men, shop women's. And it's so crazy how they can just boil it down to just two little filters that allow you to be introduced to the brand. So it's like a good little intro handshake, but then also, you know, starting to filter who the shopper is and go down to like, what is, who's actually trying to shop? Because, you know, if you start offering them, you know, women's bangles to a man, or you start offering them men's wristwatches to someone trying to buy engagement jewelry, then obviously it's going to be more of a miss. So I think that, yeah, the homepage is definitely super important. Mm -hmm. But um, So let's talk about ways, let's give these people like a, what they can exit with or ways that they can improve their website if or their entire kind of presentation. Um, what do you think at least they should kind of start looking at after they end this podcast? Yeah, I think first of all, it should be a very frank evaluation of could your website stand in place of you telling someone about your store or telling them about what it feels like to come into your store? Like, could they almost replace a team member in a sense of introducing who you are? So your website should be, of course, like personal and friendly and formative and comprehensive. But something that we often find is people think like comprehensive just means having like a bazillion product SKUs on there, you know, every single color, every single variation of every single thing that all their manufacturers have to offer. And while that can be great for some people, we actually find that there are ways to be comprehensive about, you know, your services or expertise that might, you know, benefit your customers more because they have to trust you before they make a purchase. So let's make sure that they know who you are and what they have to offer before they, you know, yeah. are going through a hundred different like engagement ring choices. So something that I know that TSD has been really proud to work on with the team at Punchmark is um, creating some really cool like landing page options that help with establishing like customer funnels or um, becoming places that make it easy for customers to like RSVP for an event, for example. So even kind of keeping track of like what things do you guys normally do like in store that it would be really great to also have that functionality like on your website. So yeah, getting like your RSVP list, like that's great. Setting up an appointment, that's awesome. Like being able to see kind of like the top price ranges that you have for certain categories, having that already ready and available for your customers and making it easy for them. Um, that's one of the things that we recommend. Yeah. I think also, I mean, Sarah can probably speak on this a little bit more than I can, but making sure that your branding is actually what the voice is that you're trying to propose because think about who is your clientele. I think that knowing, are you trying to market to millennials? Well, millennials don't, you know, I'm sure there's a ton of studies that want to show you that they don't need to have a ton of, a ton of options or a ton of pressure, or they want to feel like they are making the decisions. Um, kind of knowing who your clientele is and knowing who you're marketing to, and then starting a way to, to funnel them. Um, Sarah, I don't know if you want to talk about like ways that they can update their branding or if they, uh, if some people are very attached to their branding. It's a very um, <laughs> emotional decision for them, it seems like, when, when we try to raise the subject. But um, I know you've had a lot of great talks with people about switching their branding to something more modern and how they can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's important to make sure there's not a disconnect from your store to your website. Um, 
for instance, if you, if the new modern clean look um, is what everyone is doing, but that doesn't mirror what's happening in your store, maybe that's not the best choice. Um, you can embrace the um, like community, homey feel, um, and just make sure your store and your website reflect each other. So if someone goes to the website, they see everything, they love it, and then they go in the store and they're like, wait, this isn't at all. <laughs> Am I yeah. in the right place? Um, but yeah. It's not just like as simple as just like switching a color. It's not as simple as just like, that's why branding agencies, you know, in, in places like New York and, and, and California, they charge millions and millions of dollars to these branding things, even though they're only just changing the logo a little bit. It's because there is research, but you can do that research yourself. I mean, like uh, Elise said that she does these website audits. You can also do these audits on your own. You just have to look critically at yourself and kind of have like a, a real, I think you use the word frank, real frank look at, at, your, at yourself. <laughs> yeah. but. Those are always tough. Um, something that you mentioned as well is the idea of being connected with who your customer is. And I know that uh, the three of us were talking about this um, earlier, but like if you're wanting to attract a millennial clientele and all of your staff photos on there, everyone in like three piece suits and like dress suits and like very formal, that's probably not what's actually going to connect best with your customers. And we actually had a client a couple of years ago who was really focused on growing that younger, like bridal category. And as we were having them like update their website, like make videos for us to run ads with, like one of the things that we recommended was like, you probably need to dress down. Like let's yeah. take off a layer. Let's like lose the vest, maybe the jacket, like of course <laughs> they'll be professional, but Sometimes like you might actually need a make under to um, really show like who you are and also who you want to be. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And make the customers feel more comfortable and not mm -hmm. feel intimidated. <laughs> I also thought that it was really cool hearing as this uh, quarantine got into effect, especially in, in, in March and then in early April, uh, a lot of our clients were going to the clients because or going to the customer because they realized that, you know, if they're going to market to uh, millennials, a lot of millennials are on, on social media like Facebook and they were doing these um, Facebook auctions and they would just run like a Facebook live vid and they would put up a piece and then it would say like, all right, this is starting. This is, you know, regular retails at, uh, you know, $500. We're going to start the bidding at 150 And then they would just run it for, for 20 minutes. And it was cool because it's like, heck yeah. Like it's got all the things I like on it. It's where I already am, which is Facebook. It's, it's got a time limit. I know I can get it quickly. You know, it's going to be cheaper than it would have been. Uh, I thought it was just a brilliant idea. I think it was Jeremy from RI Jewelers. Shout out to him. But so I guess any last tips for them, if you, if you, for what they could start doing to kind of unify their, their voice online and in store. I think one of the first things that you could do is record yourself giving the pitch of what your store is or saying what you would normally say to a new customer coming in and evaluating like, okay, what are the words that I use? You know, what, how did I sound when I was speaking to this person and then using that as a baseline to judge um, where you should go. So like at TSG, when we work with someone uh, like for a website audit, like long-term partnerships, like one of the most important things that we do is to have conversations with people where we're getting to know them, like hearing what their vision is, hearing their history. And our team is constantly jotting down like keywords that someone is saying that they might not think is that important, but to us, like those are kind of 
like the light bulbs that are going off of like, oh, like you want to be seen as like friendly, like your team is there to support the community or like you really pride yourself on um, being like tastemakers, you know, whatever those things are kind of identifying what those key descriptors that you use to talk about yourself and then translating that into what you would like someone to see. Yeah, that's so cool. Mm. I, uh, I've definitely, I, I mean, I don't even know where to start with like things like fashion and things like, like jewelry. So having someone that I trust and having, having someone, you know, come at me and be like, Hey, you can trust me. I know what it is that you should be wearing. That's like, ah, that would be the best for me. That's how you would sell to me, but I'm not everybody though. So is there any, any last tips you, if you had to like, you know, suggest how someone should um, up their website game? Um, I think what Elise said was awesome. Just figuring out what sets you apart, what makes you different. Um, like, yeah, what would be your elevator pitch for yourself and emulating that on the website as, as well. Like we are extremely um, amazing at custom design. Lean into that. Um, so what I think what we said was awesome. Yeah. I have one more tip too. Uh, I think just especially right now during COVID and a lot of people having, you know, their physical store doors like being closed or, you know, having kind of that limited interaction is being really intentional about the content you're creating. Um, something that we like to tell our clients is like, we want it to be done. It doesn't have to be perfect. Like getting it, getting a project completed is more important than being perfect. And Honestly, most of the times, like a smartphone video, like from your iPhone, or if you are an Android user, like I'm sorry, but uh, getting that uh, <laughs> smartphone video or photo taken, like that's what people want to see. It doesn't have to be like this big, huge, like produced photo shoot or video shoot. It's just capturing like what's happening in the store, making sure you have good lighting, and being able to give people like that interactive experience and incorporating those elements like onto the website as well. Yeah. Just starting. That's like, I feel like I'm learning that's more the trick of everything in life is just like 90% of how do you write a story? You know, you freaking start writing it and, and just keep going from there. And then eventually you can edit it in the, in, in the future. But that's a, that's a great tip, honestly. So maybe we'll wrap it up there, guys. Uh, that was, I'm sure that people got a lot out of it, but the main kind of rundown of it is just having a way to unify your online store, knowing what your elevator pitch is, um, kind of knowing who you're marketing to also. Like if you were to try to convince someone that you were the best, how would you do that? Um, and then kind of angling yourself into exactly what you think the fix is. And then that, that sounds like a great way to, to just start. And if you wanna learn more, we'll have all of our contact information at the end of this, but um, can't thank you guys enough. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of In The Loop. The next live show will be on August 14th, and we'll cover what should I post on my social media with guests Katie Kinlaw from Punchmark and Evelyn from the Smithy Group. And special thank you to Sarah and Elise for being our guests. Um, we do these shows live the week before that they air on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you want to show up to those, you guys can always register on punchmark.com slash webinar dash registration special thanks to pickup media's gem light box for sponsoring this week's episode you can find more information and purchase the gem light box on pickupmedia.com slash loop that's pickup p-i-c-u-p media.com slash l-o-u-p-e thanks everybody talk to you next time bye